I was standing there by myself one morning, and this girl, this young girl, walked up and started looking through the Latin books. And I thought, oh boy, a customer. She seemed too young to be a parent, but too old to be a high school student. So I couldn't really figure her out. I said, are you interested in Latin? And she said, no, I hate Latin. And so I'm like, okay, first experience, first customer, okay, this isn't going well. And then she pointed her little young finger at me and said, I hate Latin, but my children will take Latin. You're listening to The Homeschool Journal, a show from the Memoria Press Podcast Network, where we bring you encouragement through real-life stories, homeschooling tips, and practical application to help you on your homeschool journey. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. Today's podcast is so important that you may have to listen to it twice, and you may have to share it with friends and family and say, here, this is why we homeschool classically. This is why we study Latin. Today, we're going to talk about Latin in a way that I hope is a refresher for those of you out there who are still in the thick of things. I hope that it is an idea generator for those who who might be looking at studying Latin or classical homeschooling. We're going to answer that question, why study Latin? And here to help me today is the super talented Tanya Charlton. Now, Tanya's entry into education started with her two boys. She couldn't find a schooling option that fit her family, so she decided, like many of us, to do it herself. She met Cheryl Lowe several years later and became a teacher at Highlands Latin School, where Cheryl Lowe, our founderess for Memoria Press, became her mentor. And through the years, Tanya has now become the curriculum director for Memoria Press and the managing editor for Classical Teacher that you, I hope, receive in your homes. So stay with us for about a half hour so that you can be renewed, refreshed, and re-energized to go and study those Latin grammar forms. Tanya, welcome. Thank you for joining us here today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. I am so glad to be here today with you, Carrie. Well, you know, I think that you and I, I don't know if you talk to people daily, but I do. And, and you know, the individual homeschooler is, is what I'm talking about here and where we're focused here is the individual homeschooler that I talk to on a daily basis now, you know, praise God, everybody. Yes, you can call me. It's good. Um, is they, they, they have a range and they have this range of I completely understand classical education. I'm fully committed to Latin. We're in it. We're, we're chugging forward. And then we have a lot of new families. We have a lot of people that are just getting into it. Especially this year. Especially this mm-hmm. year. And I think those are the ones that I'm getting to connect with. But this show is for everyone. But I think our newest families are going to take away the most here. And sure. and and I and I hope our our established families, I won't call them old, but established <laughs> families, you know, will be just re-energized. Sure. You know, from this conversation about why study Latin. Now well we always need a reminder of why we're doing this because it's not easy. And so no. even Cheryl Lowe every year said, I have to repeat to our teachers every year before the school year starts why we're doing this. Right. Because it is exhausting, and we have chosen more academic rigor than we've really had to. We have not chosen an easy path. That's right. But we have chosen a worthy path, and that's where we want to keep our focus, and that's why we remind ourselves. Exactly. But to do this, to really cover why study Latin, I kind of wanted to divide 
Um, the things that I know Memory Press has said before, you said before, you've talked about before, but I want to divide them in two kind of categories. And the first one is to understand our own language. We study Latin. So, right. so that's kind of understanding English through Latin is our first big category. So we're going to yes. stay in that one for a little bit. And then we're going to transition. And we're going to transition to how Latin trains the mind and the student. And that's huge. Like, that's one of my favorites. It, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I've talked about that for years, and that's what I use with my own children, you know. Um, so we're going to categorize it. And so as we go through these points – I just want everyone to know we're just Tanya and I are going to have a conversation about the things that Tanya always talks about. So that's that's where we're going. All right. So the first point that I really want to cover um, is in, in understanding our own language, staying right here and understanding English. This crazy language, English. It's crazy. It, it is crazy. It, it is crazy. And and so Latin teaches English better than English teaches English. And there's three Englishes in that sentence. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. <laughs> but we do say that all the time. Latin teaches English better than English teaches English. So and it's because Latin is so structured and disciplined and because it's an inflected language, which I didn't really even understand when I found Cheryl Lowe in her little cottage school. I didn't understand what an inflected language was. But it is where the endings of the words determine the function of the word in the sentence. So it should be so much easier because if you know, if you look at a Latin sentence, regardless of word order, all you have to do is find the word in the nominative case and that's your subject. Mm -hmm. Find the word in the accusative case and that's, that's your direct object. And I could not convince my children to do that. And it was so easy. That, but my oldest son, especially, who hated Latin, I will just say, but he did take it for 10 years um, I have under duress. Those. I have under one duress. Of those. Yes, I have one of those. <laughs> and it's my oldest, too, but keep going. Yes. Um, well, he would just, he knew the vocabulary because he was a good memorizer. So he would just put the meaning of the word underneath every Latin word, okay. and then he would unscramble it the best that he could. Well, it was wrong 75% of the time <laughs> when all he had to do was find the word in the nominative case. Mm -hmm. And so we teach in English, when we teach students direct objects, we give them an entire list of sentences where the direct object is in the same place. Mm -hmm. So for example, Jimmy gave a rose to Susie. So Jimmy gave what? A rose. And they can do it every time. Mm -hmm. Every time we do. I taught it. I know they can do it. But then when they see a sentence somewhere else in a literature book or something, and it says, Jimmy gave Susie a rose, then they, then then, they then, think Susie's the direct that, object. That's right. It's all and garbled. You're not, that's right. Yes. So it is very complicated. It and is. I have heard... Andrew Pudawa just say, we just don't, students don't need to do any analytical grammar. They just need to do Latin, no analytical grammar. Mm -hmm. We were doing, when I first started teaching, we were doing an hour of Latin a day and an hour of English grammar. And Cheryl and I just figured out it was way too much. Yes. And that's why she developed the English grammar recitation program, which lets the students memorize the rules, but not, they're only applying them with just a little practice. Mm -hmm. Not for mastery. We're expecting the mastery to come in Latin. And and when she applies those rules, as she starts those, those are in the grammar stage. They're in that stage That's where, right. where kids are sponges. They're pulling everything in. They're looking to categorize and file 
all of this information. That's right. And so that memorization at that stage, it serves them later. It does, because then we have all of these rules in their heads when they are ready for analytical grammar, then they're ready to tackle it. And so I've also, you know, read that an inflected language will help you learn an uninflected language, but it doesn't work in the reverse is some of the things that, that, that it's difficult. Like English can't help you learn Latin French, you know, all these inflected languages. That's right. And I don't think English can really help you learn any other language. I think we're all still trying to learn English. I've talked to international (laughs) people who say English was the hardest language they had to learn because it really is not structured. It is not disciplined. It doesn't march along like the Roman Latin. As soon as you think you have a rule, it breaks the rule. That's right. So you mentioned that students don't need to study a lot of analytical grammar in in the way that in we... In English. In English, right. We're studying it very, in Latin. We're studying it in Latin. But in English, they don't necessarily need to... So let's talk about... Let's expand on that for a second. Because a homeschooler um, with children... Having come from maybe a brick-and-mortar school themselves, their children are uh, coming out of brick-and-mortar schools right now, maybe. Um, you know, they're they're trying to, to do this new experience here. They either have an experience of their child has no grammar training, which is a lot of what's going on in this country and has been going on for a long time. They themselves might have very little grammar training. Um, I'm going to tell a quick story about myself. Um, I moved from the States, the United States, to um, another country when I was uh, nine years old in fourth grade. I came out of the parochial school system here, which at that time was still a very vibrant, um, good, solid education for what was being offered, you know, in that time frame. Yes, I'm I'm old. Okay, so (laughs) we won't give you the year. But anyway, the minute I moved to this other country, north of us, I love you Canadians, um, grammar training stopped. Never had it again in school at all. Oh, really? Yes. So so this, I would have benefited so much from the Latin. Mm. And now we have students that aren't even getting it in English. That's right. Know? And we have a whole nation of students that aren't even getting it That's right. in English. And so when you talked about analytical grammar, I just wanted parents to be very clear on, we're talking about English analytical grammar. If you've got Latin, you're going to grow on that English side. That's it, right. But we do have... I mean, you are studying it at some point in time. That's right. And we do have customers who call and they've got an eighth or ninth grader who hasn't had Latin. Right. And they're just starting Latin and they feel like that student is really behind. And at that point, if they're really nervous about it, we recommend that they do Rod and Staff Grammar for a year. Yes. If they're, because it's a really, the lessons are very easy to teach. You as a parent can teach it without stress and Mm -hmm. learn it with your student because a lot of us really don't. I didn't have a good English grammar background. Well, now you know I had virtually none. That's right. (laughs) Um, Well, I didn't either. I came from a terrible public school system. I really didn't get educated until I went to a very good liberal arts college. But and but, then, of course, you became a homeschooler, and then you really... Then I really, <laughs> I really, right. Cheryl really, Lowe gave me my I, education. <laughs> I am with you. I am with you. I'm so glad you said that, because I wanted parents to hear, even if you're coming in late in the game, and that is happening a yes, lot. Yes, it is. You can catch up. 
you can catch up. Don't be afraid. Right? That's right. And don't be in a big rush either. Right. You have, I think that's something when I talk to people on the phone, it's like, oh no, we're in the eighth grade. We've missed all these years. It's okay. Just take it at your pace and do what you can do. And I'm telling you, if you've got four or five years, your children will go to college and be sitting in classrooms with students who haven't done Any. half yes. of what they've done. That's right. That's right. Which, I know that. My kids went to college, and it was amazing to me that what they had read that nobody else had read. So 60% of the English language derives from Latin. That's about 60%. About yes. 60%. And then Greek, Greek takes fills in. quite a bit. Yes, That's it right. does. Yes, it does. That's right. So Latin teaches children to use words, right, responsibly yes. um, and knowledgeably. Yes. Right. And it gives them an increased vocabulary. We see that Latin students are more articulate and they're willing to go that extra mile. They're not, I know this sounds crazy, but I taught a youth group class in church when my kids were probably like fifth, sixth grades. And the students that had had Latin were really, really able to go further with me than the ones who hadn't. It was really obvious to <laughs> me which students had had Latin and were taking Latin because they were able to pick up those harder words in the Bible better. Mm -hmm. And um, Well, you my, talk about, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you talk about vocabulary, you know, the, the usage of vocabulary. Right. And if we've got 60% of our English base words, you know, from Latin, I think it's up to 90% of two syllable plus words are, have a Latin root. Right. And, and so, that's what that's what helps the students is we start even in second grade with Prima Latina, we start teaching derivatives and we start teaching them to analyze their own language. So when we teach a word like aqua, and we talk about what other what English words do you see that could possibly have come from this Latin word that means water. And when they start seeing that, they start, it's amazing. They start picking it up themselves so early. So early. We really don't have to do much no. because as you say, they no. are sponges. They are sponges. I remember cooking dinner one night and my children were watching that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire oh, show. Okay. Is that the name of okay. it? And there were like some really hard words on there that you, and you had like, you choose, it's kind of like the SAT, you choose between the four and they were getting them right. And I was like, <laughs> what is, how do you know? Are you just like good guessers? And my oldest said, the the one who hates Latin, <laughs> he said, no, but this word means this in Latin. And that looks like part of that word. So we just figured it Look out. Look at that reasoning. I know, it was crazy. Look at that. And I thought, Cheryl Lowe, you may have something here. She, well, she obviously <laughs> does. And she always had. Um, and so, you know, to me, when we talk about these Latin roots, for me, it's like, I'm going to, I guess, give an analogy of an architect. You know, an architect has to lay a foundation to build a home, right. um, to, to, to put up a building, to, to pile on tens of thousands of pounds of material. You right. know, that architect has to have that foundation. Latin is that foundation. And upon that, we pile on tens of thousands of other words. Right. And we can't build that vocabulary if we don't have the foundation. That's exactly right. And and so, you know, Latin truly is the root of English language. It is. And it makes them more articulate so that they then are more educated. 
and appear to be more educated. And and let's, okay, stay there for a second. Let's talk about this because you talk about being articulate and appearing to be educated. Well, we, we have a, a gross problem in this country in communicating, you know, and articulating ourselves. Right. And and that's for me for many reasons like the vo- you know everyone's vocabulary and in other educational models it's not being built upon a foundation. Okay, we want to be able to communicate. Our kids get to college and have to communicate. That's exactly on right. paper. That's right. And if we don't know the usage of our own language, where does that go? That's exactly well. It it turn we're not good writers. No, right. And you know when I get I can. But of course, my standards are very high. I do work in a publishing company. (laughs) But if I get a resume or a cover letter from somebody wanting a job and it has a typo or a grammatical mistake, I don't, I mean, I'm just done. (laughs) No second chances. Okay, so that means I need to reread all my emails that I send you. (laughs) That's right. I mean, I really just, I just think, you know, you've got to work for a publishing company. You've got to at least be able to put a sentence together. But that has to be anywhere that's Well, it should be. It should be. It should be, unfortunately. You know, how many times have I picked up uh-huh, a newspaper? A yes, newspaper. A newspaper. That's right. And it's a mess. It is. And, it, and, it, and it's, Those people have obviously not had Latin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> my kids are frustrated with me because I will pick anything up and find the flaw and find the spelling <laughs> error and find the missing comma or right. should have been a semicolon. Yeah, they kill me or I kill them. Okay. Um, let's talk about how Latin makes learning other languages easier. Because Latin is the base of so many other languages languages, people are constantly wanting to stop, stop, they want to stop Latin so that their student can take French or Italian or Spanish. But if they stick with Latin, then the learning those other modern languages will be cut in half, literally in half. I've heard so many stories from people who have had Latin first and then had, in fact, Chris Perrin told me once that his daughter had had, wanted to take Italian. And so he got her a tutor, and she had been with the tutor a little bit, and then she, the tutor came to Chris and said, "You ha- are you this some kind of joke or something? She's obviously had Italian before. And he said, she has never, never. had one word of Italian, but right. she had eight years of Latin. Right. And so it just, I hear that kind of story all the time. Well, you know, we've given some facts and figures. 80% of our Romance languages, whether it's French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, you know, they derive from Latin. They do. You know, and their grammatical structure is very similar that's the to Latin. Thing. That is, and that's the that's thing. really big. And my youngest son was he was not a good Latin student, not because he hated it, but because he had some learning disabilities, and it was just really difficult for him. And when he went to college, he told me he was going to take Japanese, and I said, No, 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 no. You need to take. <laughs> you need. You have had ten years of Latin. You need to take a language that is Latin based, so that you have a shot. At you get to experience how here, but he was insistent that he was going to take Japanese and he did. He took three years of Japanese. He was at the top of his class. He never, and he was not a good Latin student, but he was a very good Japanese student. And he told me once about halfway through his first year, he said, I know you didn't want me to take Japanese because it, it is not Latin based, but he said, I feel like the grammar comes so much easier for me than the other students in the class because I had all those years of Latin. 
what's really popular now are all these language, learn a language in 15 minute yeah, programs. Right. Okay. So, so help me understand a little bit about these programs as compared to Latin, because I've tried them. I really right. have, and they did not work for me. Sure. <laughs> and you can even do them in Latin. You can do those programs in Latin. So they're conversational programs. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to France and want to be able to order coffee or a meal or find a bathroom, then that that would serve that purpose. But for my children, they needed a grammar course. They needed to learn how a language works. Right. That then would go with them the rest of their lives in whatever they do. And and that's kind of where it, it these language programs hit me is that they're not I have learned language grammatically. Right. And and I wasn't able which to Which is ideal. Which is ideal. And so I couldn't get to the root of well how does this language function? That's you right. Know, and and so the and conversation, I may know where to ask for the restroom. But. That's right. And they're not, they're more immersion programs. They're not, they're not grammar based programs. And so they're not doing everything that we've just talked about that Latin does besides just learning the Latin. I mean, nobody's ever going to have a conversation with you in Latin, but because it teaches us grammar and it forms our minds it doesn't matter. We're not in it to have a conversation. We're in it so that we can, our students can read Latin literature, that they can read these authors in their original language is is really one of the main reasons that we're doing it. Well, you kind of hit something there. You said forms our minds and we're going to get that's, that's the that's, next big category, right? Because we're still on, you know, how Latin teaches us our own language better, how it gives right. us that depth of understanding and usage of English. That's right. So Latin, let's, let's, another point here, Latin is pervasive through all the specialized vocabulary needed in medicine, right. law, science, <clears throat> astronomy. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yes. So my, I have a fun little story about that one. My very first homeschool convention that I ever did was in Indianapolis. And my son and I drove there. We were the only two. Oh, Mary Lynn Ross was meeting us oh, there. Oh, fun. And so she met me there, and it was just us. But we were so small then. We only had about 10 books that we published. Mm -hmm. I hadn't been with the press that long. And so I had one booth. It was easy to set up. And I was standing there by myself one morning and this girl this young girl walked up and started looking through the latin books and i thought oh boy a customer so i went over to her and i said are you interested in latin i couldn't tell she seemed too young to be a parent but too old to be a high school student so i couldn't really figure her out and i said are you interested in latin and she said no i hate latin oh, and so i'm well, like okay First experience, first customer, <laughs> okay, this isn't going well. So I said, okay. So I backed up. She stayed there, and she just kept going through the Latin books. And so I, I thought, well, I'm, this is awkward. So I went back up to her, and I said, have you taken Latin before? She said, yes, my mother made me take Latin, and I hated it. <laughs> okay. so are Those you are looking? words I heard before. <laughs> yes. Oh, me too. So then she said, but but she said, I went into a medical field and oh. we had a medical terminology class that just about killed everybody. But I just sat there with my feet up on my desk because 
of Latin. Uh, it was such an easy class for me. And then she pointed her little young finger at me and said, I hate Latin, but my children will take Latin. Oh, praise God. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Well, you know, and I do. I run into the conversations with um, with homeschool families. Again, I, I deal with such a range of them that are coming, just now coming into it, or they've been in it for a while, or they're just looking at it. And and some of them, you know, do I am I really going to use Latin? Okay. So this whole episode has been for them, right. you know, and and because there's so much more material to cover, Tanya, we're going to have to stretch this into two. Okay. We're going to have to do two podcasts here. Um because we've really but but we've really just touched the surface of all of this usage of our own language, English through Latin. So I want to tell our homeschoolers, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to to cut this one short because, you know. Because Tanya talks so much. No, no, that's not true. That's (laughs) not true. You make make this very easy. Um, But because you know, you know, our homeschoolers may have finished doing their dishes by now. That's right. Or, you know, done with the the car ride to soccer or whatever else is going on. we're going to cut this in half and we're going to go into a second podcast. So I want our homeschoolers out there. I want to say thank you for joining us today. Do not miss part two. Do not miss part two. We will continue and we'll see you back soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Homeschool Journal. If you like the show, consider subscribing on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for featuring our show. If you'd like more information, you can go to memoriapress.com. I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.